uh he hello everyone um uh my name's jake and uh um i'd like to uh i'd like to uh um uh, welcome you jake to... what are you doing you sounded just like our first episode or something oh camera i'm just reminiscing the old times you know back when we were really awkward not that much has changed but uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> remember those old times cameron oh those were good times Welcome back, everyone, to Region Unlocked. My name is Cameron. And I'm Jake. And today we are recording on September 12th and 13th, 2021. Jake, how's it going? It's going fantastic, Cameron. I'm just ready to uh, give this little intro to what we're about to talk about here. It's kind of cool, actually. <laughs> it is pretty cool. So yeah. we've been doing this for a while now. And I say this a lot every time we reminisce. I just, I can't believe that we've kept this up. Mm. What started is just a little idea of, I don't know, like just trying to keep together yeah. while, while you moved away. And it's, yeah. it's really turned into something great. It's, it's true. This has really been an adventure and I'm so glad it's lasted this long. I mean, when we first started, I had no idea and no dreams at all that this would be like going on for this long. Yeah. And that we'd be, I guess, into it as we are yeah. right now. So it's, I, I don't know. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Gotta say. Good. Good. I'm glad it is. Mm -hmm. So Jake, you and I have been making this podcast since, uh, about December of 2019. I, well, actually that's when you, that's when you left. And that's probably yeah. when we recorded our first one with you in Japan. Yeah, so we started a little bit before that. Not too much longer before that, though. Yeah. So I'm curious, how do you feel the podcast has improved? Um, how have we grown throughout this experience? In so many ways. I think that since we started, we've not only gotten a lot more confident with this, like we've created kind of a system, like uh, when to make things, how to say things, um, like just a, a layout yeah. that just kind of comes naturally now. And I think our voices have definitely improved. <laughs> <laughs> Which doesn't make sense. Like, how were they so bad to begin with? Like, sure, audio quality has gotten better. We've figured yeah. out our sound situations. But also, uh -huh. how are we so bored with the, this great content? Like, I'll be honest, season one, at least through the first 10 episodes or so, are not good uh -huh. at all. No. <laughs> we, we sound like we're asleep and not yeah, entertaining yeah. whatsoever and uh -huh. i think it's especially hilarious because we recorded our super mario 64 episode three times uh-huh i don't remember why we recorded it the second time okay but then i was like jake we sound so bored and like no one's yeah. gonna want to listen to this and so we did it again yep. and then i went to edit it and i was like oh this is still terrible why were we so <laughs> bored talking about Super Mario 64? But oh. now I understand how to inflect and, and talk interestingly. And and people like to hear my voice. Yeah, and it sounds more interesting. <laughs> I, I think back then we did not have any time to actually listen to ourselves. That's not true. And I listened to every episode. <laughs> no, I mean like before we even started. Yeah, okay. Like we hadn't really heard ourselves and... 
we didn't really have anything to compare it to. Like we'd never done this before. So I think we were kind of thinking in our heads, like, okay, what do we say next? Um, how are we going to say this? We weren't just like going for it. We weren't just like naturally talking and having a conversation like we do now. It just, it felt very forced. Like, okay, okay. Um, how do I do this? <laughs> Overthinking everything. That's yeah. how I felt at least. Well, and to be fair, I think learning to do all this through video chat makes it a lot more mm -hmm. awkward because in today's episode, what people are about to listen to, it's actually not too bad tonally, I feel mm -hmm. like. Quality-wise, yeah, it's, it's a little lower, but we'll, we'll get there in a second. Uh -huh. So I just want to say, like, I am so proud of what we've done here. And as silly as it is, just talking about video games every week, it has just been so cool to be able to talk to you almost every week because I miss you. Yep. But... I, I feel like I see you all the time and I'm sure our listeners who are great friends of yours also appreciate mm -hmm. that. Cause it's just a way of them feeling still connected to you. And that's really yeah. cool. Cause I mean, that would suck if you had to video chat with like all these people who are missing you, but they get to, to tune in here and see how you're doing. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a great way to stay connected to you and, uh, to everyone back home it's nice to you know get messages from people who say they listen to the podcast and it's it's just it's a lot of fun and thanks Cameron for being uh the awesome friend that you are and for putting up with my shenanigans and it's it's been great I'll put up with you anytime oh thanks Cameron that means <laughs> a lot <laughs> so Jake we have got a special episode today but uh, mm -hmm. a couple of announcements first so first off to our listeners this is our mid-season finale for season three. We're going to take a little time off just to uh, make some more preparations for what's to come. And here's a little spoiler for you. If you're, seeing, if you're listening on like Apple Podcasts, you notice there's a number. This is episode 63, meaning that next episode is 64. And we can't just <laughs> let 64 pass without doing a little special tribute to the N64. So <laughs> big plans that we're... It's probably our most ambitious idea we've come up with yet, so I'm very excited and hope we can pull it off. Oh, at the very least, if it doesn't get pulled off well, which it will, um, <laughs> it's going to be very interesting and it's going to be fun because we got some cool ideas. So. Yes, yes, we do. So with that, let's go ahead and roll into today's episode. So this is a Easter egg for you all, a, a bonus this is the first episode that Jake and I did as a trial, actually before he left for Japan. We recorded this in November of 2019 in a room here at my house, and we never ended up doing anything with it because I was a dummy, and on my mic, it has these, these buttons, these options for which direction it's picking up audio. And you can <laughs> set it up for interview, where you put it right in between two people, just like we did but I never changed that setting. So it was mostly picking up audio from me while you hear Jake kind of in the background. So I will, <laughs> it's, not, it's not great. So don't expect a lot from this, but I was able, you know, through getting better editing, level our audio. So you can hear you at pretty much the same volume as me. It just doesn't sound as clear as mine. So it's not great. But I thought it'd be really fun to go back and listen to that first episode. And like I said, it's not bad. I think we mm -hmm. did a, a great trial here. So, uh, Jake, anything else people should know before we listen to this? Uh, just go in with an open mind. We've grown <laughs> a lot since then. This is a, 
a happy little relic from the past and i'm happy to listen to it as well because i don't think i've listened to it to no be you haven't yeah this will be brand new <laughs> this is cool it's it's brand new in the fact that it's the oldest one we've done yeah <laughs> yeah um, nothing else that's all i gotta say about it enjoy folks <laughs> so with that let's take a listen back to our origin story here we go Hello. Welcome. No. 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 Take two. (laughs) So much of that. (laughs) All right. So starting things are tough. So let's just dive into it. Okay. Sounds great. So hello, our massive audience. How's it going? Welcome to Region Unlocked. My name is Cameron. And I am Jake. Uh, So first off, let's try not to say uh so much. But let's begin and and talk about what this show is. Cool beans. So, Region Unlocked, we've named it this because I, Cameron, am here in the United States. But Jake... Well, I am going to be traveling to Japan in just under two two weeks. And uh, we figured that we could do a kind of a podcast or discussion about different things that we grew up with. um, Mostly video games. And talk, uh, talk to you about that kind of thing. So I'm excited about this. I think we could probably spark up some awesome discussion. So what do you think, Cameron? I, I agree with that. Cool beans. <laughs> but yeah, so Jake's moving away, and we've been best friends our whole lives, and it's we thought this would be a really good way to stay connected. So our goal is not necessarily to have a really successful podcast, but really just have an outlet to be able to do something cool to stay yeah. connected. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I'll, I'll edit that out. No, no loud coughing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, now I forget what I was going to say. Region unlocked. Region unlocked. Uh, you'll oh. also probably be getting some cultural lessons, I suppose. You'll be learning a little bit about what it's like to live in Japan as an American, and uh, we'll probably talk a little bit about regional differences, I suppose. Yeah. Um. So the overall goal of this show is we are going to. Uh, kind of look back starting at 1990 and work our way forwards. We were both born in 1991, so kind of the early 90s is the origin of our love of video games, and we just want to look at the history of that and tell our stories and hopefully, you know, do some fun things along the way. Yeah, pretty much. Um, We'll talk a lot about uh, the video games we used to play, what we like about them, now, I think it's probably unanimous here that we have not spent as much time with the games prior to, <laughs> say, 1998, but that's okay. Very true. Because uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, but mostly uh, get started after that. There's still a few things that we've played and uh, have, I guess, a uh, memory of being involved with. I want to be a little more loud and clear. Loud and clear. You're, How's it going? You're a theater boy. Indeed. Yes, yes indeed. <laughs> All right, cool beans. So, yeah, we'll start with 1990 and work our way to, I guess, the present. Is that the idea? That's the overall goal, but we don't know how long that's going to take. Um, right now, this first episode, we're just going to talk about 1990 to 1995 and not focus on one year in particular because we did not have a lot of experience with that. And in our eyes, there wasn't anything 
as notable, or at least didn't have as big an impact on us as other games have. So that being said, the the list, the games we're going to talk about, it is in it's in no way all inclusive of all the games out there. We were huge Nintendo fanboys, still are, and so we are going to lean pretty heavily into the Nintendo franchises. Which you know, why wouldn't you? They're the best. <laughs> True that. All right, so. Let's just uh, kick it right off. So in 1990, uh, being our first year, really the the last leg of the NES. Now, what did you did you have any kind of major experiences with the NES? Any stuff that you played uh, with the NES? I didn't get started with the NES until um, in the 2000s. Really, uh, prior to that, I did not I did not play it once. What were you doing in the 2000s? In the 2000s, I was visiting my uh, grandpa who had an NES, and it was just fun to look at what an old video game system was like. We played Tetris quite a bit. Actually, I think I've been at your grandpa's and played that. Have you? That was probably it. Yeah, yeah. So that was. Uh, that was my first, I guess, introduction to the NES uh, after I had been involved with the N64, but that's going to be a little bit later. I really haven't played much on the NES besides Tetris, to be honest. Uh, maybe a little bit of Super Mario World, or no, Super Mario Brothers, mm-hmm. along with, um, what, the second Zelda game? Which one was that? Just Zelda 2, Adventure of Link. Uh, the Adventure of Link, yeah, the side-scroller, or at least in the, in the levels. It was fun. It was a little dated by the time I got to it, but it was still fun to play those games on a CRT TV and look back and see what the NES was like. Yeah, I do kind of miss CRTs because everything looks... I mean, those games were optimized for CRTs. Yes. You play them, you try to put them now, and it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we got the like the NES Classic now, which does a good job of the HDMI output and the... the eh, I don't know if it has filters on it. I don't remember. But it does make things look... A little like you remember them. Yeah. But same here. I didn't play the NES too much, just like, you know, an old relative's house or family friends. And I mostly play or remember playing the Mario Bros. games, especially the first one. And I think I played the third one on Game Boy. Okay. On my Game Boy Advance. Um, But anyway, so the most notable thing I'd say from 1990 is... That is when Super Mario Bros. 3 came out. That came out in February of 1990. Hmm. However, that had already been out in Japan uh, since 1988. Interesting. Yeah, and I think uh, there was a whole movie made like in order to promote that game. <laughs> Did you ever see it? It was The Wizard. Did the you? Wizard? Yeah, starring like, Fred Savage. Uh, no. And it's, <laughs> it's just him like uh, entering a video game contest. And it's, it's really just this hour-long commercial for Super Mario Bros. 3 because oh that, that game wasn't out yet when that movie came out. Wow. I thought you were talking about um, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, I never actually saw that garbage. Oh, it's it's interesting, to say the least. That's my unbiased opinion of it. The Wizard. Yeah. Wizard starring Fred Savage came out in 1989. No kidding. Oh, what a, what a kid, that Fred Savage. <laughs> And Luke Edwards, I'm not sure who that is. Okay, yeah, I, n- I never saw that. Anyway, so it's it's interesting to say that that came out in 1990 because that is also the same year that Super Mario World came out when it launched with the Super Nintendo. So the Super Nintendo came out November 21st, 1990, and I'd say 
that is probably my favorite of the retro consoles. Um, okay. Well, actually, no, that's not true. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> what are your favorites? <laughs> it's, I'd say the Super Nintendo has... It's now kind of like come full... It's come around again, where people have realized that those 16-bit graphics, like, they've aged well. Like, you can still go back and play those games, and the gameplay and the mechanics have held up incredibly well, and they're yeah. still a lot of fun to play. Yeah. I mean, just, just look at, like, how many games come out now that are pixel art and, and actually look like they just could be a Super Nintendo game. True. All those indie games, there's so many out there. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. Um, yeah, the Super Nintendo for me was uh, it, it was not something, again, I had much experience with. Maybe a little bit of a little bit of Donkey Kong Country and a little bit of Yoshi's Island. But that's about it. That was one of those systems I didn't get to play until, again, the 2000s and get to get a nice retro look at it. I played a little bit of it when uh, I was living in Germany, just passing through stores, not really understanding what it was, but thinking, hey, this is interesting, but that's about it with me. Yeah, I, it's similar for me. I, I did not play it a lot. I think I mostly played it in like the mall kiosks. <laughs> um, I know my wife, Lindsay, has she has a lot of history with Yoshi's Island. I know she loved that game. And has played like all of them since then, but I really hadn't played these much until the Super Nintendo Classic came out uh, a few years ago. And even then, I'd never finished Link to the Past. I think I just got to the Master Sword, and I'm not sure why I never finished it because it was good. It was fun. Um, maybe because I'd already played a Link Between Worlds, and it's the same overworld, so I maybe I got bored of it. I don't remember. Okay. Um, yeah. Cool beans. So, <laughs> the Super Nintendo in Japan, it's known as the Super Famicom. And it is. And it had a different, a completely different look. Like, the console does not look the same as it does here, and it had a different color scheme with the, the red, yellow, blue, and green, while the U.S. version being, like, a pink and purple loadout. So, what do you think about those the color schemes? Color schemes. Well, I happen to like the Famicom a little bit better. I like the color scheme more. Maybe that's just because of the whole grass is always greener on the other side of the fence type thing. Uh, but the um, initial idea for the Japanese developers was we like to make our systems look like something that you could use, like something everyone could use. So um, the bright colors are a little more normalized in Japan as opposed to the United States where, as far as I remember reading, they wanted their system to look a little more, I guess, serious, like an extension of a computer. Okay. But in Japan, not so much. Uh, it's, it's a little more normalized to uh, use bright color schemes over there. So it's more toy-like. More toy-like, but that was the problem with the American developers and manufacturers. They didn't want it to look toy-like. They wanted people to take it seriously. So that's why they made the colors look a little more like a computer. Hmm. That's, uh, that's my understanding of it. Yeah, I think for our, when we do this for real, we should get some more facts to put in here okay. instead, of, instead of just our opinions. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot to say about that. So speaking of it looking like toys, like that is generally why video games are more stereotyped as you know boys thing and and not for girls. And that's because 
when the NES originally came out, stores didn't it, like it wasn't in the electronics section. It was put in the toy section. Ah, and you know how. <laughs> how gender biased like a toy section is like here's the girls yes. aisle here's the boys aisle the pink aisle and the and just for whatever reason it went to the boys aisle okay and because of that it was just known kind of as a boys thing and that's why percentage wise it's taken a long time for for girls to be you know mainstream gamers I think now the the percentage of of girls versus guys in the gaming world is a lot more closer to equal now, Um, but that was not the case. It's trending now, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and I want to go back to to what you said about Super Nintendo, the colors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, yeah, I've always thought the Super Famicom, the color scheme looked way cooler. It was much more colorful. Um, However, I don't hate the U.S. version. I know okay. some some people do. They they go on about they hate the pub, the purple the color scheme and just the I don't know the the blockiness of the actual console itself. While the Famicom was a little more rounded, um, but I don't know. I I like it. Okay, but it, it's yeah. you know it's not something I ever owned. I, I've got the Super Nintendo Classic, which I love. I think it looks really nice just on display with my other consoles. And then you uh, brought me the Super Famicom Classic from Japan last year, which. It's on my shelf, uh, just in display, because I can't uh, bring myself to open it. It yes. looks so nice. <laughs> <laughs> that came from the middle of the Akihabara district, which is the nerd capital of Japan, the Times Square of video games and oh, that sounds awesome. otaku culture. It was pretty cool. Otaku. <laughs> otaku. <laughs> Yum, that sounds good now. <laughs> yeah, by the way, Famicom was a, I guess, combination of family computer. So right. Shortening of family computer. That's what the Japanese called it, but they thought it would confuse American audiences, so they called it a Super Nintendo. <laughs> to be creative there. Then they went on to name everything Super in their game line. Yes. Super Mario World, <laughs> Super Mario Kart, Super Metroid, Super uh, lack of examples. Um, super name they had there. <laughs> um, yeah, I think one thing we'll have to work on is not trying to sound so scripted okay yeah, like we need to just sound like we're having a conversation sound natural and right. yeah it's, it's really hard especially for the first time to not yeah. sound scripted like we're just going down a list which we are but yes we are and uh, this next bullet I would like to point out um, I would like to thank our sponsor no, I'm just <laughs> yeah. so if anyone <laughs> if for some reason we release this and someone is listening to this uh, if you haven't figured out this is our trial this is our first run um, so we're both still sitting in the same room right now, and <coughs> Jake is not in Japan, but he will be. <laughs> he will be by the official first episode, which is crazy to think about. And maybe we'll be using different mics, and it'll make us sound a little different too. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, it'll change. It'll get better. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so looking at the list of the Super Nintendo games, I man, some a lot of these games are just they're beautiful. And yeah, I just want to go back to what I was saying to how well they hold up, especially Yoshi's Island. Um, every Yoshi's game has had like a very unique art style. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, I guess I don't know how to describe the first one. It's it's more like a, kind of like it's drawn with crayon. And Okay. Uh, it's, yeah, it's just, it's very, 
cute. I mean, all Yoshi's Island games are. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, kind of yeah. like I'm, I'm looking at pictures now. It's like kind of crayon and and more like like maybe it was made of like construction paper that's or something. A, yeah, that's um, that's a common theme for a lot of Yoshi games is the crafty look, mm-hmm. almost like cutesy, like it was made by hand. Yeah, absolutely, and I and I like it. It holds up really well. Yeah. Um, and then also graphically, we have <clears throat> Donkey Kong Country, which you know it really looks 3D, and that that was taking advantage of the the Super FX chip mm. that a lot of later generation games had. So Donkey Kong Country, man, I'm starting to lose my voice. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Donkey Kong Country and Star Fox. So Star Fox had a... It looked polygonal. Yeah. Even well, though it's a 16-bit game. Yeah. It was, uh... It was, wasn't it? Now, Donkey Kong Country, those were still sprites, weren't they? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, like, it wasn't actually polygonal? Polygonal? Right. It was <clears throat> some sort of 3D rendering, though. Okay. But I, I'm not... 100% on that. But they did look good. That's for They sure. did. Especially for the time. Yeah, and so that's a game I've not played through. That's a game I've started on the classic and I gave up. Not not even that far into it because <coughs> that game was hard. And there's a lot of notorious levels throughout, like the minecart levels mm-hmm. and like just launching itself through barrels and dodging things. And I gave up on that. But uh, so I've got an arcade with a retro pie that I built in my classroom. I've got these two kids. Oh yeah, we're teachers, by the way. We didn't say that. Yes, indeed. <laughs> We've we got teachers. these two kids that uh, play it on Fridays, and they've been making their way through Donkey Kong Country, and I, I'm just like shocked every time I come and watch over their shoulders, just like how complicated those levels are, and they they have to abuse the heck out of save states to to make their way through that game, but. <laughs> They're making it pretty far. Pretty proud of them. Sweet. Yeah, so let's move ahead from Super Nintendo. So at the same time Super Nintendo was out, there's other things coming out that were non-Nintendo. Um, the Genesis, of course. The Genesis. <clears throat> Sega does what Nintendo don't, obviously. <laughs> was that their actual logo? <laughs> yeah. Well, that was one of their commercials. Like the wow. Back then, the the rivalry was not subtle in any way like they they could put ads out like that um I didn't play the Genesis but I know Sonic yeah I didn't play the, <coughs> I didn't play the Genesis either not much at all <coughs> uh I think everyone can say they've played Green Hill Zone a million times and know that theme of course it's a classic level very, very iconic theme and uh, I think this is a my main memory of this is very unique to the two of us so growing up we lived probably two hours apart yes and then there was the town in between us that our families would would meet up and that was Pizza King Pizza King Pizza King here in Lafayette and first off this Pizza King it's, it's the best keep Pizza King there is yeah it's called the train Pizza King as we call it because you sit in these booths and there were these very well isolated booths, and on the side there is a plexiglass enclosure 
with a train track running through it. <laughs> and you hit the intercom, you make your order, and a little model train brings your drinks to your table. <laughs> which was awesome. And then right above that enclosure was a TV. Is a TV. This is still all there, and it's still the same CRTs from 1990. Does it work? Yeah. Wow. Um, you can put quarters in and, and watch TV while you're there. But back in the 90s, it also had a game channel. So you, uh, on the coin slot, you would switch it to game. And on the end of the table, they had two um, Sega Genesis controllers like mounted to the table. Okay. And they were very hard to use because you couldn't slip your hands under them because they were like mounted down to the table. I remember that. Uh, but anyway, you could play Sonic. Yeah. At, at Pizza King, and that was awesome. And so most of them, most of these booths had just Genesis. Mm-hmm. And eventually they replaced them with PlayStations. Yeah. And I remember, what was the game? It wasn't Twisted Metal. No, it was uh, Vigilante 8. Which is a... Twisted metal like. Yeah, it is. Yeah, shoot shoot cars and blow up buildings type thing. <laughs> um, yeah, that was the best. It was. When I think 90s nostalgia, I think of Train Pizza King. Oh, yeah. Fond <laughs> memories there. Fond memories. That was always a day to look forward to when we go and hang out at the Pizza King. But then I remember uh, there was like this one booth, maybe two booths that were, for some reason, a booth that was either always taken mm-hmm. or we didn't sit there. That had N64. Okay. And I do remember those N64 controllers had, they had made some sort of like plexiglass mount underneath it to where you could slide your hands under it. Really? Yeah, because I mean, you you needed to to access the Z button. All right. I, I assume. But Makes sense. I, yeah. I never got to play it. I don't remember that. <coughs> oh, my voice is going. Yeah, it's, uh, <coughs> it's that season. No. Fall season getting a little bit cold. Well, so that's our our Sonic and and Pizza King memories, and very good ones. Hold on, where Sonic? That came out in nineteen ninety one. Oh, there's Final Cut. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, nineteen ninety one is when that came out, and. I wonder how good this sound quality is while it's coming through. Anyway, uh, let's go back to the games. 1991. Uh, 1992, Mortal Kombat came out in the arcades, which was, you know, hugely successful and controversial. Yeah, it was. So bloody and gory, teaching us terrible things. I believe Mortal Kombat was one of those games where they did motion capture. Yes. They filmed live actors Uh and they just used them as sprites. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> not, not a lot to say about that. But if you look it up, like it's you can see some of the original pictures of them posing in front of blue screen. Yep. And uh, I think initially that wasn't that game pitched <coughs> to Jean Claude Van Damme. To was be, it to be a game about him? I, he, I do not know. So he turned it down because he didn't want to be part of it, and so his character was made into Johnny Cage. Okay. And then it became Mortal Kombat from there. Huh. And 
yeah, super controversial for the fatalities, the bloodiness. You look back at it now, and it's it's hilarious. <laughs> what it's hilarious that the fatalities are now. How disgusting they are. <laughs> I've read I read an interview about the people working on that team about how it honestly gave them like PTSD, wow. where they they had to study so much, you know, disgusting dismemberment and whatnot to create these fatalities that. And they're they're looking you know all day they're looking at that on a computer screen animating that, and one guy was saying like he'd go to bed at night and close his eyes and just like see gore. Oh, and, yeah, what a mess. Yeah, you, you look at it and you just think, oh, that's so funny, but to him it's like traumatizing. The amount of time they took to animate each and every one of those little the intestines and oh, it's it's left quite a legacy <laughs> that's for sure. Um, and then combat. yeah, another upsetting part of the uh, part of that was that it was put on the Super Nintendo uh-huh. and the blood was turned into sweat. And they Really? Yeah. No, sorry. Or maybe is NES. No, it was Super Nintendo. Okay. E- either way, Mortal Kombat 1 is edited. It's family friendly. Oh my gosh. But by Mortal Kombat 2, I guess people complained enough and they it's the full version. Ah, oh, shoot. <laughs> I remember trying Mortal Kombat for the first time and just quitting right away. It was too hard for me. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't get into that. I didn't want to I didn't want to accept the challenge. Um, why'd you take the next point there? <clears throat> next point. Alright, so arcade games it looks like. Cruising USA. That was a fun one. Oh my gosh, I've got so many good memories with that one. That was one that was ported <clears throat> over to the N sixty four. I played a lot on the N64, and then I went back and played some on the arcade. I feel like, as with a lot of games, it really downgraded some of the graphics and the sound. It certainly did. There's also some just stuff they they edited out. Like, I'm pretty sure the the flag girl is in a bikini in the arcade, and then she's like in a full dress or something in the N64 version. She could be. That would make sense. And also in the arcade version, you can like run over deer, can't you? And like, can you really? Blood spatters? I think so. <laughs> but I think that was, at, they took that out of the N64 version. I don't remember that. <clears throat> I remember the music becoming, or downgrading to MIDI, whereas it was live in the arcade version. So the sound quality was a little less, but they didn't have as many songs either. That was a fun one. It was also really hard in the arcade. You had to play a lot. You, you get in 8th place or last place all the time in the arcade version, but on the N64 it was so easy to get first. Yeah. So they changed up the difficulty. Well, so my memory of that, of course, is you know being a kid. Mm-hmm. And kids are bad at games. Yeah. But also, you had... I guess you always had the option of playing automatic or manual. Yeah. But you had to play manual because, you know, you had the stick shift, and that, that made it more fun. Uh-huh. But when I played in the arcade, I I never, like, even finished a single race. I always, because there was, like, checkpoints. Uh-huh. And I would always time out before I could mm-hmm. hit a checkpoint. <laughs> wow. And, and so, also, my, my experience, most of my old-school arcade memories are from our skate corral. Okay. So our skate corral had like probably fifteen arcade cabinets. It had it had a Metroid arcade cabinet, Metroid. which I've never seen that outside of that skate corral. Metroid. Yeah, Metroid. Oh. The original NES Metroid. Didn't know that was an arcade game. Yeah, or maybe it was. 
maybe it was like a Nintendo combo one because maybe it had Donkey Kong on it as well but hmm. I don't, I'm not sure but okay. it had Cruising USA and we're a skate corral so of course I'm playing this game with skates on so <laughs> I'm trying to hit the gas and brake and I do remember once I, I got my skate somehow lodged like in between the the pedals and I had to like, <laughs> take my skate off to, to get it out oh wow yeah. Oh, skate rink arcades. That was a thing. Mm. I remember playing arcade games in my skates, too. Never had that issue, thankfully. <laughs> That's pretty traumatizing. It is. <laughs> awesome. So, Cruising USA. That was also the first uh, first video game I ever had a soundtrack for, because I grabbed a tape recorder and recorded all the songs while it was on pause, so I had something to jam <laughs> out to. Yeah, really crappy tape, but... It was fun. That's awesome. Uh, all right, so we're about at the end of 1995. So one of the last things that happened, September 9th, 1995, was the PlayStation. Oh, yes. Now, I have not owned a PlayStation until the PlayStation 4. So I have almost no experience with any PlayStation games. I played a few PS2 uh, with friends, but especially the PlayStation 1, I have almost nothing to say about. What? So, uh, what memories of that do you have? PlayStation. I played a lot of PlayStation. I never owned one, but I had a PlayStation 2, and I played a lot at friends' houses. First couple games I ever played were Crash Bandicoot 2 and Rugrats. Games where you just run around and do whatever. Very fun. But it always reminded me of a system that you play over at a friend's house, almost like a, almost like a treat or something. <laughs> and it was just a different experience for me than an N64 because there was, at least when I played it, no analog sticks yet. Oh, I know. I forgot about that. Uh huh. And it was a small controller too. Like, well, looking back at the time, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. But looking back, it's kind of a small controller. So well, it's always had, different. Sorry, it's always had short, you know, uh, grips. Yeah, it has. They didn't really improve that until the PlayStation 4. Yeah, you're right. Until the PlayStation 4, the controller was almost the exact same shape, except they added the analog sticks. That's crazy. It was crazy. So it was always a different experience for me. The graphics just felt different. Well, obviously they are, but it it was just a whole different experience altogether for me. Yeah. it It was fun. I played a lot of it. I got really into Mega Man Legends, which became uber hard to find in collector's games pretty much. Didn't you just buy that today? I did just buy that today. (laughs) So I'm hoping it works because the disc was a little scratched, but hey. Well, so what's Mega Man Legends? What's all on it? Mega Man Legends is a RPG version of Mega Man. Oh. So it's kind of an alternate universe, almost like a spiritual successor to Mega Man. Um, Same characters, but different. And it has a whole background, whole character uh, set, and a whole storyline, and a whole history. And it's a different game completely than the original Mega Man games, because it's 3D. And I think that was the first jump for Mega Man into 3D. And it started on the PlayStation. It's a lot of fun. I got emotionally invested in it, and not a lot of people, not not everyone liked Mega Man Legends, but I did. Maybe because I got caught into it really early. So fun game and then they ported it to the N64 and called it Mega Man 64 at which time they gave it a graphic downgrade and a sound downgrade but there were no loading times which was a plus that's good yeah Yeah. it was actually I've never played any Mega Man ever it was just like too much 
too yeah. many of them. <laughs> the universe is too big, huh? It is. <laughs> yeah, no, for the first Mega Man, I remember the first Mega Man ha- being super controversial because the box art for the Wait, American what's on, version... What's on the box art? Was It was just terrible, absolutely terrible. Mega Man was drawn as some middle-aged dude... Which one? Mega Man uh, 1. Mega Man 1, the box art for the American version. And they... (laughs) Actually, the... uh, Who's the creator of Mega Man? Oh, this looks ridiculous. Isn't it terrible? Like, look it up. It's like some poorly airbrushed... Oh, wait, this is is Mega Man 2, and it looks terrible. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Mega Man 1, 2, and 3 had bad box art. And then they finally started to get it right, or at least the right direction. Oh, oh my gosh. Isn't it bad? It's so bad. It's just him, like, crouching. Yep. And, And the creators of Mega Man attributed the bad sales to that box art because it was done like in 24 hours and they and they thought it looked nothing like what Mega Man was supposed to look like. Yeah, it certainly does not look like him at all. <laughs> so when I first saw that, I thought it was a joke and laughed out loud. So, lol. Whoever that artist was, I'm sure that you've got some wonderful art in your repertoire. It's just not one of them. Oh, that's great. He was later on a character, a playable character in I think it was what this bad looking version. Yeah. Bad looking. Oh, in uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken? That was it. <laughs> they ported him. <laughs> yeah, I see that right here. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so there's a little fun fact for you. All right. That was not the Mega Man I grew up with, though. <laughs> so, uh, also, just talking about PlayStation, I guess I will say um, I played it. My, my uncle had it. Okay. And all I ever played was a demo disc. I played that demo disc over and over and over like I've beat yeah. I've beat everything in that demo disc I've played like the first level of Spyro a hundred times <laughs> and there was like a level from the Emperor's New Groove video game really yeah I think so unless that was a separate demo disc okay but I remember it was like a creepy jungle level okay. where you had to fight off spiders huh <laughs> wow yeah that doesn't sound too fun <laughs> it sounds creepy <clears throat> um did you ever hear about the Namco Museum games? Uh, no. Those were on PlayStation. Well, they have a bunch that they, that they came out with later for different systems, but the original Namco Museum games were uh, games where you get to walk around this Nam- this museum of like Nam- Namco games. Oh, okay. It was 3D. It was very relaxing. I remember just walking around the museum, and you could see different historical facts about different Namco uh, games like Pac-Man and um, you know, pole position, stuff like that. Then you get to play the games. You go in the arcade room and play the games, but you'd walk around this museum and find out a bunch of Namco's history. It was kind of cool. And you can play those games? Yep. Like at the, okay, that's yep. cool. And you play each game. <clears throat> Another PlayStation game I remember fondly. All right, so <clears throat> one of the last things I want to say about the PlayStation is, actually, it kind of blows my mind. So I didn't have a PlayStation. You didn't have a PlayStation. Maybe it's just my young generation, but I didn't know a lot of people who did. Almost every, every, all my friends, all my cousins, you, we had the N64. Yes. And, and that's, I feel like so many people's nostalgia of the 90s is based off of N64 and all those great games. But I looked up the sales numbers, and if are you looking at these numbers right now? Uh, don't no, don't look at them. Okay, I'm not looking at anything. All right, uh, give me some sort of guess. What? How close do you think it is? N64 versus PlayStation. Okay, if you would ask me that question right now, which you are, I would say they were pretty darn close. Okay, like so equal competitors. So I'll tell you, the lifelong sales of the N64 was about 33 million. Okay, 
what do you think the sales of the PlayStation were? Forty million. A <laughs> hundred and two. What? A hundred and two million. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Stark difference. Incredibly different. I'm looking at, at the just the top selling consoles of all time. Uh huh. And PlayStation is number five. So. Wow. It, and that's counting handhelds. If we do just home consoles, it's number three. Okay. So do you think that was because of the fact that it was out a couple of years before the N64 was? That certainly could be part of it. And they also released a couple different versions. There were no other versions of the N64 that were made, right? That's true. Yeah, I wonder how much it affected because they did the, the redesign just called the, the PlayStation 1, but that came out in 2000, the same year the PS2 came out. Okay. Wow. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know weird. how many more people ended up buying that. Huh. Um... Yeah, that's that's really weird. Maybe I'll try to find the numbers for that later. That's crazy. I had the same memories that you do, though. N64 was the system of choice from my childhood, and maybe it was just my friends. I remember playing PlayStation 2, but most of my friends had the N64, and that's all we talked about. And that seems to be what most of my friends still talk about. Huh. Very interesting. It is. But, yeah, you and I... I think it's safe to say I have a lot of fond memories with the N64. We certainly do. Yeah. Uh, which is where we will be going with this in the future with this podcast. A lot of what we're going to talk about in the upcoming episodes is N64. So just to give you some perspective of what that's going to look like is, you know, right now we just talked about five years of gaming and we didn't go into too many games specifically because we don't have that much uh, you know, experience or memory with them. But the N64, we certainly do. So we are probably going to start breaking these episodes down just maybe one game at a time. So next episode, of course, the launch of the N64, and with that is Super Mario 64. Let's go. Let's go. So with that, let's go ahead and just do a quick review of 1990 through 95. Jake, what was probably your favorite? My favorite memory of 1990 through 1995, I would have to say it was the NES when I did get to play it, which was not in 1995. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I really have not had much video game experience prior to 1997, so yeah, I'd have to say it was the NES of okay. my favorite invention from then. Um, I'd say, for me, it would be Super Mario World. Even though I haven't played a lot of that, I do have a lot of a lot of memories of of just playing that game mm-hmm. at people's houses, and it's just so colorful. The music is so good. Uh, you get to ride Yoshi and punch him in the head, <laughs> and send him plummeting in ravines. Good times. Oh, so sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sad. That's that's what I meant. <laughs> All right. So with that, we will try to come up with some other way to end it, whether it's some sort of trivia game or something fun. Uh, In the meantime, we have nothing. So this has been Region Unlocked, which sounds a lot like Podcast Unlocked, which is an IGN Xbox show, (laughs) now that I think about that. Um, But we're really excited to, to make this. And again, we're not trying to be wonderful podcasters here. 
we're going to get better as we go. That's why this episode is a trial. Yes. Um, if you want to sponsor us, please send me an email at this fake email address. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next time you hear from me, I'll probably be in Japan. You will be. It's exciting. Should be. So, with that, I'm Cameron. And I'm Jake. And we will talk to you in the next episode. Sign off. Done.